people. I think what's really magical about AI is I can go to ChatGPT and I can, I can ask it to do an interest audit of myself. So it can ask me really thoughtful, intuitive questions about what my hobbies are, um, the things I do in my off time. And then it can suggest, have you thought about checking out these different areas? And then like, and then give you advice on how to break into that or, or how, to, um, how to explore more, what resources to get into. So, I mean, I think that's just such a powerful thing. Well, hi everyone, and welcome to Dumbing Down Data. I'm your host, Carol, and I am with four amazing YouTubers here right now, and they're gonna tell you a little bit about what they do, how they got there, and just sharing their story, and I'm firstly very honored to be here. Thank you all for being here. Um, and showing up, we are at the AI4 2023 conference. It just finished, but we are still here doing the damn thing, about to tell our stories to everyone here. So, shall we start? Who should we start with? I mean, you keep going. I'm sort of kind of. I'm kind of looking at you, Wes. It's it's gonna start at Wes. I'm sorry, but Wes, how did you get to where you are? What do you do right now? Well, you know, I. That's a funny question. Um, <laughs> I, I do a lot of things. So let's see. Uh, my day job, I'm an active duty lieutenant commander in the United States Navy Supply Corps. Uh, been doing that 16 years, so I have a career of global logistics, warehouse management, personnel management. I've had organizations upwards of 200 people that I've led. Um, but as of recently, why I'm sitting here with you all at an AI conference, because this is not typically synonymous with uh, <laughs> my day job, okay. um, I, uh, I finished a, a graduate degree last year. And um, that kind of was in the, the realm of machine learning and network science and some of the things that are uh, used to assemble a lot of these neural networks that underlie all of these generative AI models and just became pretty fascinated with it. Wanted to find like-minded people. So, you know, in, in the process of finding folks on discords like Learn Prompting Discord, uh, Learn AI, a bunch of different places, uh, I formed my own company um, called SynthMinds. And um, also, about the same time, started my podcast as well, How to Talk to AI. And uh, since then, we've, uh, we've grown. We've got about a cadre of about 15 to 20 uh, AI and ML engineers building stuff for all variety of clients from small businesses upwards to enterprise. Uh, we kind of couch ourselves as a full-service AI agency, you know, offering anything from insights to training solutions um, to, to our clients. Um, we recently got... Uh, some distinctions on the Upwork platform um, because we do a lot of our work uh, as contract or freelancers. Um, so we're, um, we're in their expert vetted program, so we're within the top 1% of the 18 million freelancers on the platform, vetting process for that, and we're also one of the first 18 OpenAI certified OpenAI developers. Um, so that's, that's been a great treat to kind of grow into that, um, that role. It's kind of a meteoric thing because I I started this company literally with just like, oh, I'll sell some of my prompts online and maybe I'll like coach a person or two. Um, we're top 200 in the world in prompt sales. Uh, you know, some of my clients are on like the Fortune 1000 list, like for coaching. You know, just it, it's, it's been pretty incredible, the people I've met. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's how I arrived to a seat here with you. A couple questions, first of all, would you like to dumb down what does prompt mean in the AI world? Well, you know, that's, that's what's going in, right? Uh, as simple as that. What 
input is the model going to evaluate to find the best possible output? What is the input? I know, I know it, it, it overheats. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's ostensibly what it is. We could get really technical, but I think that wouldn't really align with the name of your podcast no. if we kind of started talking about the, the, uh, you know, the different recursive loops inside the transformer model, but that's a lot. Another time. <laughs> that's a lot. Right. It's like, it's a stop right there. <laughs> and then another thing is like, it sounds like there's so much work that you put into it. Why, what led you to commit to this type of level of work that you're so passionate about doing it? I mean, that's a, that's a good question because I don't sleep much anymore because right. um, there's only so many hours in the day. Uh, I, I just think it's, AI is such a great equalizer. And to me, kind of one of my things I'm most passionate about is, is AI for education use cases because of how it can transform the, the classroom uh, transform the learning experience. You know, I always felt I had to work a little harder just because of the way, you know, our our society and our education system leans into this recall-based learning. You know, like if I'm not interested in something or how it's presented, it just doesn't sink in. So I always had to work a lot. I felt I always had to work a lot harder, but then when AI came along, you know, it's very comforting to know that there's something that can kind of get me 80% of the way there with anything, with ideas, with, um, uh, creative projects with, you know, professional applications, um, and just kind of, you know, see this as a, a really exciting time and, and a turning point in our lives that uh, I wanted to make pretty central to mine. I'm going to come back to you. I'll be here. <laughs> um, but let's move over to Greg. Sure. You have a, you're a wonderful, interesting story. <laughs> Greg knows how to dumb down things. I, I have seen him dumb down some technology for us. And why don't you share a little bit about what you do as well? I mean, obviously, we're all here as YouTubers in some ways. But what do you do and what got you there? So uh, originally, I was a full-stack engineer and then went to Stanford, got a master's in human-computer interaction, which is making software easy to use and started doing that. So I've been a UX designer for the last 13 plus years. And then in March, I got COVID and I got completely knocked out from it. And so I couldn't do any work, I couldn't prospect, I couldn't do any of that stuff. So I had just heard about this ChatGPT thing and I went, I'm gonna go study up on that. And then I was really frustrated because there was written stuff, there was a lot of YouTube spam of, get $10,000 from ChatGPT in 37 seconds while you sleep and like, ah. <laughs> and so I started a podcast teaching people how to do prompt engineering because that kind of teaching is something I love. I've been a coach for online dating. I've done lots of different teaching in lots of different forms and this is the current one. So I quite like it and I do freelance AI stuff on my own. I am also a expert vetted enterprise, top 1% of Upwork. Yeah. Um, and then I also work with Wes at SynthMinds and I run my podcast and I'm probably forgetting something else. Oh, actually I am forgetting something else. I also do masterminds. So I will get people together on Zoom and they'll bring prompts and we will work on them together to get them to work better. And other people will show up and just want to watch and learn. So yeah, it's fun. Is there anything, I mean, by the way, Greg has a very interesting story and I have a lot to learn from him. Is there anything 
that is specifically central to you that has led you to do what you're doing? Because like you've done, like you said, dating coaching, and now you're doing these masterminds, but you're also a YouTuber, and you're talking about prompt AI, which, by the way, you maybe you can dumb it down. But also, like, what is in your nature that is leading you to do all of this stuff? It, there's, it's, it's very different industries, very different topics, but there's something about you yep. that you're interested in doing this. What is it? So it's best refined as I love helping people. I'm an Eagle Scout. That was part of it. But just overall, I like finding someone with a problem, solving that problem for them. And that's actually one of the reasons I have struggled to work in bar, uh, bigger companies. Because there's nobody I can see who I'm solving their problem. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, we have 10,000 customers, but I will never, ever talk to one. <laughs> Not fun. I'll echo that, too, just because that kind of, I think the reason I'm pretty drawn to the education piece of it is like, I don't think there's a better feeling for me at least than giving someone that like mm -hmm. aha moment with yes. AI when they're just mm -hmm. like, oh, that's how you can use it. Yeah. My entire life can change now, how I work, how I play, because that just affords so many new possibilities. And like, you can see it, it's tangible. It's like a visceral experience when someone just like, like, oh, sh oh shit, Th it can do this for me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think I just, I want a lot of that. Would, would you guys say that too? I feel like maybe in the YouTube industry or like if you're showing someone something, it doesn't matter the content, but would you say that you guys also feel like teaching is kind of the foundation behind it? Mm, let's see, teaching, I mean, I guess so. But the, the thing that's always popped into my head is I have this idea of this chart in my head, which is like the more you mess around with AI, the more good and bad you can end up with. And it just scales in one of those like hockey stick things. So I'm thinking a lot just about what the future is like for every industry. So my YouTube channel, which is uh, called Curious Future, is a dive into every type of vertical. So it's sometimes it could be dating, it could be education, something you guys know about. But also it could just be what does construction look like when robots have like computer vision and like what does um, life look like in every aspect with like motherhood and um, uh, we just like voting systems, like what could governance look like? What could uh, all these different different groups of people who are going to get fundamentally either displaced or need to be changed in what their workflow looks like? What, what does it look like? And then can I help kind of people guide people to that future? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just I just think about it as like big changes coming and like how do we prepare? But I guess education is a word that would apply, but I just think of it a little bit differently. Interesting. Yeah, so I think um, curiosity is a big part of education, right? So like, I do love the idea of you're engaging folks with things that are mentally very stimulating, and you're kind of teaching them something about you know what the future could look like, things that you should be paying attention to, even if it's like just for fun. I think there's like a lot of educational value in that. Mm. Um, so for like the work that that I do, I executive produce a chat with ChatGPT. Um, so uh, my brother is the voice of the podcast. Uh, he talks to ChatGPT, and, and we commit the cardinal sin of, of anthropomorphizing a robot um, to a certain extent because, you know, we ask it deep philosophical questions. We try to get as human of a response as possible out of it. We ask it goofy questions. We run through doomsday scenarios. We, we run through, um, you know, ideal world scenarios. We kind of... Yeah, doomsday. So like, like asking the thing that will cause humanity's downfall, 
What's your opinion on humanity's downfall? You know, like that kind of stuff. What does it say? What does it actually say? <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's like anybody who's going to, you know, end humanity, it deflects, obviously. <laughs> um, but there's, there's a lot of really juicy stuff that you can get out of that. And I think it's a valuable tool, um, the format that we do, just to help people understand, like, what is this tool good at and what is it not good at? Because as we're having a conversation, if ChatGPT deflects or says something wrong, um, we try to correct it in the moment on the podcast, say, hey, you actually got that wrong, and it you know, apologizes, adjusts. So like, helping people understand how to interact with these tools is something that we're really passionate about. Um, and much like Wes and Greg, very interested in the educational side of things, like I want to bring AI into the nonprofit, small biz space. Um, I wanna help people who don't have the resources to do the work that they need to do. I want to help them focus on the things that matter more. And AI is just another tool that can help get them there. So while, we, while you were at that point, um, let's walk back to how did you get started? Like what interested you in the beginning to get into what you're doing? So I think just like anybody else, it was like big hype train. Um, I, I didn't hop even, yeah, hop, hop on board. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or at least, or at least, you know, check out like what what the train looks like a little bit, uh -huh. um, because like I I had known about some machine learning and and stuff like that. I never really paid that much attention to it because it's way too heady for me. So your podcast is I vibe with that. I need I need things dumbed way dumb down. down, dumb it way dumb down. It down. Yeah. Um, but then my my brother's a little bit more heady, so he got uh, connected with Wes over Discord. Uh, we started collaborating and working on prompt projects. We ended up saying, you know what, let's start an LLC. Let's get a podcast together. Um, and now here we are at AI4 and, and just soaking in as my brain is swelling right now with, with all the things. So that's kind of where we come from. Um, I was going to say, can you dump down a little bit about what prompt means for our audience? Yes. Yeah, so um, I know Wes, Wes already, already did that a little bit, but um, when I think of a, a prompt, it, it's the same thing that when you're interacting with another human, you just prompted me with a question, right? Can you dumb down prompt for me? Um, what my brain does is it, it takes that, tries to understand the greater context of our conversation here. I know we're talking about AI, we're at an AI conference, okay? Um, and then I can kind of describe to you based on my experiences or the information that I have access to, in a way that you'll then understand, you know, a response to your prompt. Um, so it's essentially what Wes said, you input something, um, that's the prompt, and then the output is what it spits back at you. It almost sounds like our brains are basically AI computers. For sure. Yeah. Well, that's, well it's kind of the... It's the other way around. It's, yes, it's, <laughs> it's the, the, the chicken... I don't know anymore. The chicken before the egg, yeah. The, like, <laughs> like these models are, are mimicking more and more and more what the human brain does and how the human brain interacts with the world around it, which is why it looks like magic, because we've never seen models get... And it's still light years away, but we've never seen models that look this close to how the human brain reacts yeah. before. It's, it's impressive, isn't it? I mean, it's mind-blowing almost. Like, you just explained the fact that I prompted you with a question that's literally what AI does and generative AI and chat GPT and all that quick to that. Yeah, Absolutely. so, yeah, because I will say that I have been fascinated with neural networks, which are digital versions of our brain. They're not programmed to do things. They learn how to do things. They're evolving with the data that they get. It's very similar to how a human grows up. But if you look at the output of chat GPT and the fact that it can 
do basic math, like two plus two and some easy multiplication. And then it starts like fading off in like the exact same way that a human brain mm. fades off. And then, but if you give it a calculator, it can be like, let me check the calculator and then get the answer. And you, and ugh, there's just so many interesting things that when you spend hours playing with a large language model that make you think of it sort of like a habit or something you might have, or you've seen in a friend. And I just, I just think that's fascinating. You just never saw that with traditional software. It is fascinating. I really agree. I completely agree too, because like you know, I one of the kind of things I end some talks with sometimes, you know, in through the study of an examination of, of something like prompt engineering, where you're learning how to uh, contextualize, give good instructions, give examples of what you want. Well, hey, you take the, that that same mindset, apply it to your interpersonal relationships, your coworkers, your colleagues, your family, I, I would speculate that you probably have an enhanced degree of closeness then because you le learned how to talk to AI makes you maybe a better human in some ways. Yeah. Almost to that point, um, I was going to ask a little bit about more about your job, but we're into this conversation that I may be a little bit more curious about is for people who are just starting off, how would you advise them to get into tech, break into tech, mm -hmm. or even use things like prompt AI? Where do they go? Just in, if they're just initially starting, where do they go? Do you want to start? So I would honestly say look at what you're interested in. So if you're really interested in interior design, great. Go start playing with mid-journey. Go start playing with stable diffusion. You don't need to know how to code to use any of those. If, on the other hand, you're very interested in number theory, great, then start learning to code. So it's more just find where you're interested and then figure out how you can use that to get into working with AI and how AI can help you with that. Mm -hmm. So if, I don't know why I'm thinking of interior design, maybe a friend of mine is an interior designer. <laughs> but, you know, okay, you how think, can... You gotta think for drapes. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> very finely draped, yes. So. You know, in that case, like it's not just mid-journey that's going to help you. You can say, you know, give me some brainstorming ideas to ChatGPT. You can say to Bard, hey, I'm looking for drapes that are <laughs> lilac and they need to be six feet long and it's going to do a very poor job of looking for them, but it can do it. And then you can go use other tools. And so like how in my life, as I have whatever interests I have, can mm -hmm. I use AI, but also how can my life plug into AI and then be better? It's like... It's passion and curiosity, and you mix that in, and then you just do a little bit of like learning, and that's about it at this point. Yeah. It sounds yeah, there, there's like literally no well, yeah, there's like almost no industry that I can't imagine being affected by AI right now. So if you're curious about anything except maybe some really human jobs like ha like hairdressing, maybe yeah, maybe <laughs> like a hairdresser or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but if you're if you're in healthcare, like you could probably look around whatever job you're doing right now and imagine like where is this putt going and how could I skate there? But it's it's like paleontology or it's just like name anything and you're like, oh, could we apply data science to some of this data set? Could it start making this easier? And if you even want to be a programmer. The trick now is to get prompt engineering to a point where you can actually think and type logically, but it will do mm -hmm. the coding for you. So it's a little bit of getting in the mindset of whatever job you need and then just like using these tools. Yeah. I have, and yeah. two, for, for folks who are 
um, maybe just in college, and they don't really like, I didn't know what I wanted to do in college. I have a double major in criminal justice and psychology, and I work for a tech company doing neither of those things now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, I didn't know what I wanted out of college. I just picked stuff. So like a lot of folks um, who don't really know what their interests are, um, it's really tough. In the past, it's been tough to just like try things. So I think what's really magical about AI is, and Greg, you were kind of alluding to this, I can go to ChatGPT and I can, I can ask it to do an interest audit of myself. So it can ask me really thoughtful, intuitive questions about what my hobbies are, um, the things I do in my off time, you know, whatever. It can learn about me and then it can suggest, have you thought about checking out these different areas? If it's drapes, it's drapes, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> interior design. Whatever the example. But so it's, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like that career counselor that you had in high school, um, or I didn't have one, but you know that's that concept of like you you tell somebody what you're what you're into right now, and they can kind of give you some ideas on what to move into. And then once you're in an industry, or once you're interested in an industry, that's when you can actually and just keep using AI. How is this industry that apparently I might be interested in? How is it going to be transformed by AI? And now you can use this is the first technology that I can think of that can teach you how to use it in a very effective way. Like what are the technologies just like able to like like yeah, interact what, what with you? What am I passionate about? And it's right. like, well, I'll tell you. you yeah, know. exactly. And then like and then give you advice on how to break into that or or how to um, how to explore more, what resources to get into. So I mean I think that's just such a powerful thing. Are you saying that a computer told you where to go in life? I'm saying I wish a computer told me where <laughs> to go. Yeah, if I if I was coming out of college today, um, I mean I I love where I'm at today, um, but it's been a a long kind of like windy road to get to where I'm actually doing something that I'm engaged in. You know, I'm 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 probably the youngest here, but I'm I'm 29 years years young, um, and I feel like I'm just now starting to like really get my element in terms of like where I want my career to go and the things that I'm focusing on. Um, and if I could have done that two years, one year sooner even, um, who knows, you know? Well, I, I do think that the best time to start though is now. I think I've heard that so many times in this conference and before it's like, we always, I, I think I was even talking to you about this. Like we always think that, oh, well, maybe I'll wait later, but later is going to be even yeah. di- more difficult and even more competitive than it is now. So it makes a big difference. Uh, and quick tip too, you can go to ChatGPT and say, prompt me, like ask me 25 questions about what I might be passionate about. And then once it's once you've answered all of those questions, you have a long thread, it's got a context window, 8,000 tokens, like you can, it can then kind of have a world model of what you want and then you could start really talking about like, what do I want to do with my life or whatever the problem is, so. It's a really good point. Um, I'm going to transition to a fun question. Can all of you share a little bit about, I want to hear from every one of you, one fun fact about what you're doing right now, something that is wildly weird that people should know about? I mean, wildly weird in the context of my existence now or just Anything like wildly that weird that we're... When yeah. I asked that question, what's the... Fr- you had something that I mean, just like, to you. It just, <laughs> just, it just seems like these opportunities that you know like like yes i being in this place is the sum product of a lot of work 
and a lot of studying and far too many degrees. And you know, my wife even said, because I brought up, I'm like, I think I want to get a PhD. She's like, you are done <laughs> going to school. No you have Cut been, a, you have two masters, forget it. You're you know, you've got all these, you, you're, you've been a student the entire time we've been married. Like, you know, you are done. So I'm like, all right, good, good point. So I'll bring it up next year. But um, uh, yeah, um, I think the weirdest thing for me has just been like, all right, and now we're talking to this celebrity and we're doing an app for them. Or now we're talking to this big company and now we're an open AI certified expert. Like, the, that's the weirdest thing for me because mm. it's, it's like been like four or five months. And I feel like all we're really doing is kind of like trying to hold on, trying to stay interested, trying to just kind of know one or 2% more than, you know, everybody else. But seldom, you know, hasn't happened. I think it's only maybe happened once in our lifetimes where you've had something that's so transformative. Um, but even when the dot-com boom happened, right, that's, that put the internet on the scene and into our lives. But now we have this AI boom happening and everybody on the internet then synonymously is also then learning and iterating and tinkering and doing all this stuff. That wasn't possible at the, the last boom. So it's just like, all right, this is happening. Let's keep pouring gas on the fire because everyone's got access to these things. And, you know, one person comes out with something and then now it's going to be a, a, you know, I think a great example is AutoGPT. AutoGPT was the most downloaded um, GitHub repository because it kind of mimicked like a, a baby AGI. That's going to be a feature in future versions of, um, of ChatGPT, that AutoGPT like functionality, and that's from just someone tinkering around with stuff mm -hmm. that uh, it became so popular. So, you know, I think one of the things that people should know is like, with with a technology like this that can touch everybody, like everybody has something to compute or something to contribute rather. Uh, compute both. both; they have to compute what both. they're going to contribute. <laughs> um, yes, but everyone's got something to contribute because just by, by virtue of being a human that is alive and breathing, you've had unique and transformative experiences of your own that have modeled you to the person you are today. Like that is a unique perspective that you can put in the form of a prompt or put in the form of you know, um, a description or soon just you know, describe it yourself and it'll be a video and it'll be an image and it'll be a movie or, or whatever you wanna do or create. Um, I think that's, uh, that's something everyone should kind of know. There's like, the, you don't have to be good, a good prompt engineer, you just have to be a person to use these things. You know, you have to be alive. Okay, weird thing. <laughs> weird thing. Ooh, I, I, I got one, okay. <laughs> so on my podcast, which actually I don't think I said the name, it's the ChatGPT and Prompt Engineering Podcast. It does what it says on the tin. And he dumps um, down data very well, by the way. Yeah, that's a big piece of it, is explaining concepts. Um, so I've been interviewing people since about March or April. One person has had more than nine months of experience. <laughs> That's it. Everyone else has been nine months, eight months, three months, two months, whatever. One person. And that one person, three years, because he worked at OpenAI. <laughs> this field is so new. It's, it, it does remind me of yeah. the dot-com boom, because mm -hmm. I grew up before that. I'm 40. So... I remember there are no computers. I remember the first computers. I remember, you know, Bill Gates's computer on every desk push and then how much it changed education and all that. But this, this is measured in months, not decades. Mm -hmm. So it's, 
very, very different and very mind blowing. It's so bizarre to think about. You're right. Like this is something that is, it, it's like being nine months in is old in yeah. this world. And it, it's kind of almost crazy to think about what can happen in a year from now. We might be back here. What are we really going to be talking about? Mm -hmm. That blows my mind. Yes. That yes. blows my mind. Like all, all, all these tools are the, all these tools now and everything we're using, they're the worst they'll ever be. Yeah. yeah you know? It's so and true. they're going to get and better. They're going to really get fast. better. They're going to get better really fast. It's so true. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. Fun, weird fact. Fun, weird fact. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, my world models just changed so much. Like, I tar there's a bunch of weird things, but I guess the weirdest to me is just knowing that, like, now I'm pretty convinced that the digital trail I'm leaving will coalesce into some version of me that, like, other people can interact with. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if my phone in the future will just be, like, a Dylan curious brain, and it maybe could vote for me or make decisions or order food. And I just never imagined that I'd sort of be outsourcing so much to a digital version of myself, but it just feels mm. like that's kind of where this boat is going in another, you know, 12 or 18 months, maybe longer than that, but it just seems inevitable that, you know, I'll be digitalized like that. So who would have thought, you know? Yeah, yeah, in, in a sense, I guess, so, yeah. It is, I mean, I will say one thing. Um, my, I interviewed a friend of mine who is in this podcast, I mean, he, he was here in the conference last year and he said something, it's like, he's like, everyone should have a personal website now at this point, like you need to make your mark online now. It's like kind of like a thing that needs to happen. Um, and I think that's, it's, it's very interesting. It's right. Like this is forever going to be here, but yeah. you have to have it if you want to put yourself out there and like build and create and grow and everything like that so you youngest one yes tell us fun weird fact mm -hmm. um so i i mean what a crazy journey this has been uh, same thing like it's only been six months or so since really been in this um and i was i was just talking to and i i think i i've gone back and forth personally on um yeah, the drapes yes thank you I know and there was a bit of a there was a bit of a delay on the on the action being taken but that's okay models will get faster <laughs> there, was a, it was a, there was a delay yeah but we all knew we were all feeling it and yeah we knew it before it happened that's what AI is about. exactly you knew the future but anyways, so I think about the future, and I I didn't really know where I landed. If I was pessimistic, optimistic, you know, uh, nihilist, whatever. Um, and I just talked yesterday to the head of alignment at Eleuther AI, and he is a really interesting guy, very pessimistic about the future, okay. which is why he's in the field that he's in in alignment. And I really love talking to him because I was like, I think the the end of the world is nigh and i'm like i'm here for it you know what i mean like i'm i i am very excited about the like the massive changes that are coming um the disruption that's coming um i i'm i'm here for it all i'm just happy to be a part of the ride honestly so i guess the weird thing about me is that i'm like optimistically fatalistic about this whole thing excited to end <laughs> this well, made me think nice. of one question it's like does anybody have a like 
vision of what could happen if we were here a year later, like a year from now, is there something that you can imagine that will be happening, that we'll be talking about yeah. that isn't happening right now? Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of things, but I think generative video is like exactly where generative images was like around a year ago. So playing with, um, there's tools like Runway ML that make these people from text generations that just work a little funky. But I do think next year you'll be able to kind of generate like a Batman movie and the character will essentially look right. And maybe one year after that will kind of be more Hollywood photorealism. But I, that just seems like the natural progression for generative video. And of course, if ChatGPT generates the script and the content, in fact, there's uh, the South Park creators have just put out a paper where there is an entire South Park world. All of the characters are kind of chatbots behind the scenes, but they're interacting with each other even when they're not focus of the storyline. So you can just pop into these 24-7 worlds and see, and the South Park characters, you know, they don't, their mouths don't move perfectly. So it's like a perfect fit for this kind of thing, but eventually that will get closer and closer to photorealism. It's like, it's kind of like um, uh, Big Brother. You guys know Big Brother TV show? Yeah. yeah. Um, the 24-hour yeah. the live stream kind of, kind of thing um, where, like, if you pay for, I don't know, Paramount Plus or whatever it is, um, there's, like, weekly episodes, but if you pay for the premium subscription, you can just watch them 24-7 and just see what's going on. No editing, no nothing. So it's, like, it's kind of like that concept where you can have, uh, much like the 24-hour news cycle, like, we're going to just have 24-hour, whatever content you are interested in, you can have it 24 hours a day just constantly being being generated. Yeah, even, generated. Yeah. Yeah, even, even this conversation right now, it, we're, we're not going to be having it. Robots are going to be having it a year from now. That's my prediction. With our faces, of course. It's optimistic and, and a beautiful segue. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to be, hey, we're in Vegas. This whole time I've been like, I just want to be at the pool. If I, can have, if I can have an AI version of myself going around networking and doing all this stuff, doing podcasts. Like, exactly. Exactly. I, I just get to, I just get to lay out on the, on the, by the pool. I'm here for it. That's what I'm saying. Oh my gosh. You, want, you want the Wally future. Yes. That's like yeah. what you're yes. going for. You want cupcake in a cup. Yes. <laughs> like that is, that is the goal. <laughs> uh, Red is the new blue. I, uh, I, I completely agree. I think generative video to me is one of the most compelling things on the horizon. There's a company out of South Korea that's, I think, just starting a series B round that you can prompt, right? Write a little prompt few sentences and you'll get a two-minute trailer inside of 30 minutes the voices the editing the whole design it's plenty of jank right now but that's a entire creative process that might take someone months of planning and editing and refining like so the starting point for creation I think is gonna get way 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 lower and that's gonna mean more people can come in and create. I mean, I would, I would even speculate that like, we, they'll have to make an AI music category at the Grammys, they're already talking about this, an AI, music, AI category at the Oscars, at, you know, because there'll be entire cartoon animated shows first, probably, because it's the easiest, that will be completely AI generated. And then, I mean, it's, it's a pretty compelling value proposition considering there's an actor strike right now, like no one's filming anything. Mm. Studio executives got to be like, well, if we can turn them into AI bots, then we don't need actors anymore. <laughs> but, but, you know, so that's, that definitely speaks to the disruption that Dan is talking about. But um, 
I think that's an exciting thing because then you now get to hear so many other people's voice, uh, so many other people's perspectives, and that that will create new communities, um, you know, that resonate with some people because you can generate and do the special effects and do your script on your on your iPhone and um, you know, or and never maybe even need a, a human actor. So that's that is the most compelling thing that I think we will see in the next year. Um, it's going to flip the advertising agency on its head, you know, because why would you ever? pay to shoot a commercial anymore, you know? This actually makes me wonder, another plot to this question, but um, where is there room for creativity in all of this then? Does anyone have any idea? Well, where yeah, would at the prompt engineer? Everywhere, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, there's, you, still, you still don't, a, a, an expert, expertise never goes out of style, right? A, there's no, power, no more powerful combination than a human with some expertise, some perspective, and an AI tool. Like, they will, the AI, at least at this point, won't exceed that until, until it becomes less costly to train these AI models, um, then there's still always gonna be that need for, you know, or the, the human expert plus the AI is gonna be the, you know, most powerful thing on the planet. Um, right now, like, if, you know, if, if you or I wanna learn calculus, we need, some calculus textbooks, a couple hundred practice problems, maybe some, maybe a calculator, online tools, and then we'll understand calculus. A large language model needs to read a million textbooks. You know, when that, quickly. when yeah, well, or, or at least to be trained on that to be able to access quickly. Um, when that comes down to like, it just needs to read five textbooks and it can do the same level as like a human, well then, then you might have an AI that is way better than a human, mm. human plus an AI. It's, I mean, it's always good to ask that question. I, I think creativity is something very important to me, at least. Um, and in this non-technical audience, it's like kind of thinking about um, the fact that you can still bring yourself, your personality, your creativity, and all these like other soft skills that we don't really think about to the world of technology. So I had to ask that question because it sounds like things are so easy now and you can just throw in a bot and it'll create this whole thing. And it's like, but there's still a level of human in there that we have to remember. Um, two more questions. The first one is, because we're at AI4, we must ask, what is the most interesting thing that you learned so far at the conference? I can go first. Um, there's this new AI that's fixing potholes. So like cities have all these just, I, this is something, I, I, this is something like I never thought about, but just really quickly, this one government in this one county just started putting cameras or they started taking the cameras from the police car and just noticing where all the cracks and potholes are and then just like sent it to the people who were supposed to fix it and now they actually do it like way better. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a great use of AI and it was just like one or two people inside the government that just hacked it together and now the city's like saving a ton of money on potholes. So it's a little thing, but it mattered. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that's kind of the human enhanced by AI conversation that I mean what Wes was just talking about so I have an 80-20 rule if AI can get you 80% of the way there and then you can just focus on the really important expert level 20% to finish it off um, that's what we should be striving for people who ignore AI they're gonna fall behind people who try to replace themselves with AI they're gonna be not as as good people who enhance themselves with AI are gonna get ahead in the world um, but in terms of the most interesting thing that I've learned here um, I think was actually something from Sal Khan at his talk today, 
Um, so he was talking about the difference between group-led instruction for students. So, you know, one teacher to 20 students versus one-to-one and what the differences are in terms of standard deviations of, you know, success, standardized success. So he said that two standard deviations difference, which is the difference between like a 50% and being in the 95th percentile. That's the difference, two standard deviations, if you are, if you have one-on-one support. So this is amazing. We've known this for a long time. There's been studies. Um, but the question was how we don't have enough teachers to solve for this. You know, it's shitty enough being a teacher. Can, can I swear on this? Sure. Yeah. Tell me down here. <laughs> uh, it's, it's shitty enough being a teacher <laughs> as it is, and, and it's just gotten harder with COVID. It's, it feels like we're never going to be able to get to that golden ratio. But with things like Conmigo and other AI learning bots that are tuned to help students learn, learn who you are and your learning styles, we're gonna get pretty much as close as possible to that sooner than you think. And we are just going to see a generation of students coming up in the world that are just hyper intelligent, um, not falling behind, so much more opportunity for all of them. And I think like this, as Wes said, it's a great equalizer. And I think I haven't totally seen how it could be until I, I saw Sal Khan talk about it today. I, I went to a talk um, from a Harvard U- University professor about CS30, I think. Yeah, 50, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And um, CS50. And it was interesting because he was talking about how they're using generative AI to help students learn to code. And you can be in the computer science field or not, and they will still help you with like iterative feedback and all that stuff that, I mean, when I learned, I didn't have that. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's free. And it's free, yes. Go on it, everyone. Um, see, there we are promoting. Harvard University needs to be um, needs to be needs they <laughs> sponsorship opportunity. Thank you. Um, but no, I think that was like really interesting and and really cool to to see that because I I thought about that and for me, I mean, I I was te- I used to teach code and um, I was that I was the duck. I was the one explaining, well, your, your, your bug is because of this, something, or, and now we have that. It's, it's, it's very cool. I think that was a really interesting talk. Um, do you guys have anything you want to share about AI4 that brought you some interesting nerd? Yeah, great. So actually, great from has. the same talk, from <laughs> okay. the, the Khan Academy talk, he had a toggle at the top that allowed you to change it from student version to teacher version. And so you could say, you know, please tell me the answer. And in the student version, it goes, no, I'm going to, you know, help you think through it. In the teacher version, it says the answer is, you know, 1872, this thing was formed, whatever. Do you want to brainstorm some ways to present that to your students? And you can then say yes. And, and by the way, some of my students are deaf or some of my students mm-hmm. are from this other country. How can I bring that in? And so a big piece of, of what I've seen in my career is AI can sometimes be not so correct, but AI and human beats human beats AI. And so when you do that together, I mean, the the advertising example, like, yeah, advertising is going to radically change, Mm. but the advertising experts are going to be so much better than Mm. any advertising AI working with an AI, but not by themselves. Mm. So it'll be, you know, AI, human, AI and human collaborating. That's what's the best. That's super powerful. Yeah, um, I think you guys hit on both the education topics that really kind of uh, um, impressed me today. But I, I think there was, a, there was one speaker yesterday 
for this, uh, I think it's one of the major sponsors of this too, uh, Chat AIable, Chatable, essentially. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciated their CEO's perspective on how they deploy their model when they have a new client. So their business proposition is like, okay, it's ChatGPT with your data, right? If we don't get it to in 24 hours, we don't get paid. So they deploy something to that company within 24 hours. So they can like kind of fail forward and iterate, and but then it, that kind of helps with buy-in, helps with adoption um, of new AI tools. And he gave the example of like a traditional software development cycle of like three months. You know, that's pretty standard two sprints plus pre-development kind of loop. Um, he's like, well, if you think about the generative AI space, what? We, half of this didn't exist three months ago. We didn't have Claude, we didn't have uh, Llama 2, you know, we didn't have the newest you know, 1.0 version of Stable Diffusion yet. Like, and it's like, oh yeah, if you, you, if you keep with these traditional kind of loops and don't deploy things quickly and rapidly and kind of figure out the, the bugs along the way, um, that's ultimately not gonna be an effective way to keep up with the pace of change because by the time you deploy the thing that you're building for three months, it's already been replaced with some technology. And I mean, when we're seeing this, we've built you know, chatbots for customers that back in March, you know, semantic search chatbot would take a couple developers, have to upload uh, data into a vector database, um, clean it, you know, all these different kind of steps, multiple people, several thousand dollars, um, you know, to just get that chat GPT with your data. Now it can do with a browser extension, you know, the exact same thing. Um, and, and can drop it on a website, can, can, can uh, accomplish something that took a team of experts. Now, you know, that, that one expert with that can, can do it so much better, so much faster. And uh, it's kind of just gonna need to be a, a, a thing central to anybody building things with AI, um, they have to do. Wow, what a good way to end that. Cool, very cool. Um, my last question um, for our audience, I love this. What kind of advice would you give or suggestions or looking back on how you built yourself to where you are, do you have any thing that you could share with any wisdom that you've collected about where do you start? How do you break into tech? How do you break into the industry? No matter where they want to go, how did you do it? And what would you suggest? Does anyone have? Um, so I just, I want to address the elephant in the room, which is we've got four white men sitting on this panel. Um, so I think that there's a lot of really incredible opportunity that I'm sure all of us have benefited from, um, just from having that stance in, in our society. Um, so I have felt very fortunate, extremely lucky to have had the, the pathway that I've had. Cause like, I mean, just like anyone else started in, in food service back in high school, um, started working at a mental health facility when I was in college. Um, and then I started working for like a medical record company. Cause that was kind of in the same vein. Um, and then from the medical record company, I had experience like onboarding software. So then. I moved over to a CRM company, that's where I am today, and I've been very fortunate to be able to stay there um, and be successful and have enough time and, and mental energy to you know, pursue passion projects like this. Um, so if people are looking to break into tech, uh, I might not be the best person <laughs> to tell you because I, I feel like I've almost fallen in, uh, like on my face just in the right direction enough times. 
But um, I think that there's a lot of value in uh, not being afraid to just start somewhere and and work your way from there. I was very impatient coming out of college. I just wanted everything yeah, right away. Yeah. Um, but there's there's no shame in starting at a customer support level, um, doing doing things that are entry level positions like, you know, put in the hours, do the thing. Uh, if you're competent enough at whatever you start at, uh, the opportunities will arise to to move on as as long as you're willing to to look for them and don't get complacent. A lot of people just get complacent where they are. Um, don't settle. Just mm -hmm. keep 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 plugging away. That's that's what I can say. Yeah, that's good advice. I um, what would I tell people? I like my whole story is just so many ups and downs and so many unexpected things. So I guess yeah, I'd probably come down to that same idea of just like always being ready to take a new idea and try to implement it and trying to be that energetic person in your company or in your life to try to implement it. I, uh, when I was in college, I created with some friends in a garage uh, a website that sold concert tickets and we made so much money for like where I was at, in that world and we were like in this garage and investors were just like, hey, I see what you're doing here. Why don't you have even more money? And it was just like, okay, I'll take even more money. Mm -hmm. And then as we built the company up and actually like hired people and tried to establish like a real position in the market against Eventbrite and Ticketmaster, we just got crushed. And mm -hmm. it was such a weird feeling to be, we had a little niche that we didn't know was protected just because we knew about it. it this was in Park City in Utah and there was just a little group of venues that we had kind of personal friends with. And as soon as we got out of that bubble, it was so much more difficult. And then that company, even though we had money and all these employees, then all of a sudden we crashed. And I was like, why am I so much more successful with two people who barely know what they're doing? And then why am I less successful with 15 people mm -hmm. or we didn't have them, or about 10 people that like actually should have been doing something much more powerful? And uh, after that, I ended up working at a corporate company at Zappos, which is kind of owned under the Amazon umbrella. And inside of there, the corporate culture was new to me, but it did seem like some of that startup mentality of saying like, hey, I've got this idea for how this division could be different or something served, served me pretty well. So I was able to tap into that a little bit. So I'd encourage people to just, like, like when you get hired for a job, I don't think they always know what they want from you also. Like they think they have an idea. So don't just go in and be like, I was told to do this. I need to do this. You can easily convince most people like this could be done way better. Can we, can we do this? And, and if this works, can I benefit from it in some way? Could, would it be reasonable to ask for a raise if this saves us X amount of money? Like just starting to put all that stuff out there in the universe. Uh, and then, and then, yeah. Now I left Zappos, and now I'm trying to make money on YouTube, which is all negative so far. So we'll see if that, like, we'll see if I can, for the third time, have another, like, you know, camel hump in my life and try to get to revenue. So we'll see. Well, I mean, you never know. I mean, putting yourself out there is probably one of the hardest things that people don't do, and that is what gets you anywhere. I mean, I think you never know where you will end up. You never do. You never do. But you're there. You're doing it. So I think that's really cool. So. I would say some of the same advice of like, pick something you're interested in, but then look for ways to use it. So I don't know, you really like acting, start a podcast or start a YouTube channel. You really enjoy creating some artistic thing, start at minimum posting it on Instagram, mm -hmm. but then looking at what can I do with AI to make this cooler? And maybe that's, you know, I want to turn it into a YouTube series and I don't really know how to film things or I don't know how to edit things. So look for, AI tools to do editing or to give you scripts, whatever the case may be, kind of take the things in your life that make you light up, that make you shine, and then 
start looking, how do I use AI? How do I apply AI? Or what can I do instead of this that uses AI? And go from there. Because it really is about experimentation. Like, you can mm -hmm. say, I'm going that way. And two steps later, you're going to be like, actually, I'm going over here. Yes. And that's, oh that's, gosh, yes. that's business, that's startups, but that's also life. That's a good one, Greg. That is a good one. Um, all right, I'm, I'm going to try to top that, but um, <laughs> we'll see. I would say that you have to remind yourself that what some people may label as a weakness is likely your biggest strength if applied in a different way. The example I will give, I am neuroatypical. I've had ADHD like my whole life, right? Been told plenty of times to, hey, you're paying attention, um, why are you so disorganized, all the things that come with something like that, right? Fast forward to the AI revolution where everything is totally disorganized and totally chaotic, and I'm thriving because I'm like, this is this is me, this is my spot, I live here, you know? Like, this is the chaos makes sense to me, whereas it's overwhelming to other people. Um, so, you know, having the, the kind of like the grace with yourself to remind yourself that like what in your environment may be labeled as a weakness as you know a, a deficit is probably your biggest strength I think you did top grad I'm not gonna lie that that was a really good one that was I can't throw, I can't throw sure. <laughs> um, okay, so especially because everybody here pretty much makes social media content, there is, I will say that even though I'm trying to be a YouTuber um, with Curious Future, just like you guys have podcasts and everything, there is at least five tools that I don't think 99% of people are using. Because when I'm sourcing news, I have a few different artificial intelligence tools that are honing in on what I select, and they're getting better and better at feeding me through like an AI-driven feed the stuff that I need to know. After that, I'm taking long form papers that are 60, 70 pages, I'm putting them in Claude and summarizing them, which is something that a single person just could never had the brain power and time to do. And then from that summary, I'm tuning it to my own voice. So being able to upload a daily video, already I have this advantage that wouldn't have been there six months ago. And then even after that, I'm I have another AI tool that can help me cut out the spaces in the in the the ums and ahs, and that's super helpful. So now I have like a trimmed version, and then I still need to do some editing on it. But what you used to for B-roll, you used to have to go to these companies like Storyblocks, where you'd pay a monthly fee and like pull, you know search for stuff that might be good. I'm generating it with Midjourney, so it's just like, and I have my own like sort of style and prompt and color scheme, and I just cut and paste that over and over again. And now, even as of last week, I'm recently now taking it to Runway ML and even animating it. So I have this like dynamic look. I have so much time saving, and I'm able to upload 10-minute videos every single day on Curious Future, which just would require this huge team just before. So it's like, I guess that's the that's me implementing what I was trying to say is like, just take something and go use all these tools and try to jump to it in, in the application I'm trying for. So a few things I would love to yeah. talk about is a the curiosity, because if you do like you kind of both talked about it, but if you find something that you like and chase it, you'll be surprised by how much learning you might be able to get out of it. And then you'll just build better and better kind of what you're talking about. Um, I also really loved what you said. I actually was thinking about my own weaknesses of like 
being very overwhelmed. I get very overwhelmed very quickly when I have a lot of things to do or a lot of on my plate. And for me, sometimes it almost feels like it's more than the average person thinks. I'm very ADD too. Um, but that also means that I'm very passionate and I will deliver and, and I, and I really, really take responsibility for what I want to show up for. So that is a, a really something that I thought a lot about. Um, and just also building towards what you feel like fits with you, kind of what you were talking about. Um, like I don't have any business being in technology. I didn't have a, I have no degree and this is why I'm doing this podcast, but I'm here and I'm talking about it because I've found that I can communicate and I understand it and I like it. So I'm going to learn about it and I'm going to talk to people and I'm going to learn more and I'm going to find that I love talking in a podcast and I can talk about AI or I could talk about freaking yoga. I don't care, but I like it. And I, and I like being around these people. Or drapes, or drapes as, I mean, we've applied everything we've learned today, <laughs> but it's been, it's been such a pleasure. Um, thank you all for being here. Thank you all for sitting with me and sharing your knowledge and being willing to do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's really beautiful to me. So I appreciate all of you. And this is Dummy Down Data. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel and like it as we're all going to get four little subscriptions now likes um and we'll see you soon on the next episode see you thank you bye